Hi, everyone. I'm Ashley McManus, Senior Director of Global Marketing at SmartEye. Welcome to the Human-Centric AI Podcast, where each episode we feature thought leaders doing cutting-edge work in the AI space. A little about us, SmartEye is the global leader in human insight AI, technology that understands, supports, and predicts human behavior in complex environments, bridging the gap between humans and machines for a safe and sustainable future. Today, our technology is embedded in next-generation vehicles, leading the way towards human-centric mobility through driver monitoring systems and interior sensing solutions. Our AIS offering is SmartEye's Driver Monitoring System, or DMS, for aftermarket installation in vehicle fleets and can also be used as an end-to-end system for small-volume vehicle manufacturers, improving road safety by detecting driver drowsiness or distraction. Today's episode features Daniel Murray, Senior Vice President at the American Transportation Research Institute, or ATRI. Dan has more than 30 years of experience in a broad range of transportation fields, including trucking research and economics, transportation safety technologies, and autonomous vehicles. At ATRI, Mr. Murray is responsible for managing ATRI's transportation research, testing, and evaluation activities, and leads multiple national activities, including the U.S. DOT-sponsored Freight Mobility Initiative. He is a well-known freight subject matter expert and is a keynote speaker at more than a dozen annual events. Dan and I talked about top concerns in trucking fleet safety, challenges in fleet safety management, why safety matters, and critical technologies for fleet safety. Let's listen in to learn more. Okay. Hi, everyone. Thank you for tuning in. With me today, I have Daniel Murray, Senior Vice President at the American Transportation Research Institute, or ATRI. Dan, thank you so much for making the time to speak with me today. Oh, yeah, it's a pleasure. It's always good to talk with you. And, and certainly today's topic is very, very timely. Yes, absolutely. So to to start, tell us about your background. How is your career path taking you to well, ATRI and what is your current role there? Sure. Um, ATRI, as you know, we nickname it, um, is the not-for-profit research arm of the trucking industry. And I assure you, nobody goes to college saying, I want to be in trucking <laughs> research. So I... Um, <laughs> Started out pre-med and went to grad school and business and then, you know, figure out what I'm going to do in life. And somehow I ended up in trucking research. I'm now there 30 years and every day is a new day. Uh, love the job. Awesome. Very cool. So for those who are unfamiliar with ATRI, ATRI, can you uh, explain briefly what the organization does? Yeah. Yeah. So we're, we're officially ATRI is headquartered in Washington, D.C., but we're spread around the country. Uh, a group of uh, researchers that focus on transportation, safety, economics, environmental factors, uh, technology, um, but mostly as it relates to trucking and freight. So I have a board of directors that includes, you know, FedExes and UPSs and other uh, trucking companies. We work really closely with the U.S. Department of Transportation, and I'll talk a little bit later about a new contract we have with the Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration looking at safety technologies. We also work with state government and local government. The goal is to make the trucking industry move better, move more safely, uh, and continue to support, you know, consumers, businesses, and supply chains in general. Awesome. Great. So I I wanted to kick off with understanding your top concerns when it comes to to trucking fleet safety. Uh, I know you had recently published a paper on this topic. So to start, you know, why this topic and what would you say keeps you up at night about it? Well, the two things we want the trucking industry to be is 
economically healthy and safe. And believe it or not, there's a close relationship there. Uh, a trucking company that's financially viable, financially healthy, has the resources to put money into safety equipment, new equipment, active safety systems. Uh, and so that is an important sort of side-by-side -side relationship. Economics and safety go hand in hand. It is possible that some trucking companies don't have a good safety culture, uh, but usually if you don't have a good safety culture, you make bad business decisions and you don't stay in business that long. So when it comes to safety, you know, we have a role in safety in terms of our own liability, our own negligence, things we can do to make our own companies, trucks and drivers safer. But believe it or not, there's a very large percentage of safety that really comes from the car drivers. The vast majority of car truck crashes uh, are caused by the car driver. And what I'm excited about when it comes to active safety systems is it's sort of blame negligent. It just stops crashes regardless of who's to blame. And in the case of cars, you know, you can't change car driver behavior, but you can make the truck safer. That's, I'm, that's sort of what I'm excited about these days. Okay, cool. So I would love to understand, you know, what the biggest challenges are in managing fleet from a safety perspective. Uh, so what makes this difficult? For for example, I think in prior conversations you had mentioned maybe driver reluctance to driver monitoring systems. Would that be high on the list? Just just would love your take on that. Sure. Well, first of all, the statistics which come out of government data. Our car drivers are somewhere between 68 and 75 percent responsible in car truck crashes, huge percentage. So the first thing we have to do is look at the data as a trucking company and say, which which crashes are the car responsibility versus the truck driver responsibility? Uh, because believe it or not, there's certain strategies where I will reduce my crashes because my driver is better my equipment is better, and there's other strategies I'll consider to reduce the likelihood that car driver does something stupid around my truck. So we have to really dig in and, and look at the data within a company, look at the data within the industry, and create silos of, well, I'll use the term blame, but silos of, of cause, and then target specific strategies to reduce that sort of crash. It's not a one-size-fits-all. There are certain technologies that reduce certain types of crashes, but not all crashes. So we have to be way more strategic than we used to be. Understand. So taking a quick step back, you know, let's let's unpack why why safety matters. I know it it may seem obvious, but in your world is would you think that safety is just a matter of avoiding injuries and potential death by accidents? Or do you think of it more with regard to liability, insurance, risk management? You know, How do you think about it and how should companies think about it? No, that's a great question. Um, let me answer that really simply. You have to be holistic. Uh, crashes are tragic, number one, but crashes are also very expensive. Even when we're not to blame, crashes are very, very expensive to the trucking industry. So the CFO might be focused on the bottom line, uh, but the, the president and everybody else needs to have what I mentioned earlier, safety culture in mind. It has to be a general attitude that says uh, from the top down, safety culture is gonna permeate all our decisions. Um, that's important. I'll tell you something, a dirty little secret I learned from the, the defense lawyers. They urge trucking companies <laughs> not to say 
safety is our number one priority or safety comes first in our company because when crashes occur, particularly when we're not responsible and, and we're taken to court in lawsuits, they're going to say, well, if safety is your number one priority, why did you have the crash? If safety is your number one priority, why didn't you do every conceivable thing on the face of the earth? So that comes back to haunt you. So we have to allow safety to permeate the, the culture but probably don't go out there and brag that nobody's safer than company XYZ because there might be somebody and that'll come back to haunt you. Yeah, that's super interesting. I never uh, thought about it that way. So interesting. Okay. A- Ashley, it wouldn't be an issue if we could get rid of the trial uh, lawyers, huh? Yeah, right. <laughs> Those dirty trial lawyers. Um, so let's talk about technology. Uh, what kinds of technologies do you think are important to manage fleet safety. And I'm asking more, you know, about broad categories, maybe aftermarket, or is there something specific you think should be considered more than maybe they are today, perhaps? Yeah. Well, um, let me preface that with um, Atri has been heavily involved with FMCSA on active safety systems. And we had a program called Techcelerate um, in two, three years ago. And I'm happy to say just just this week, we've learned that we're going to have a phase two. And that okay. Accelerate program promotes active safety systems. We're working with truck driver groups, all kinds of associations across the country uh, to understand, research, and ultimately promote active safety systems. And, and we prioritize them. Interestingly enough, my two favorites are automated emergency braking um, and uh in-cab cameras, particularly road-facing, but I think driver-facing cameras play a, a key role as well. Unfortunately, the reason to accelerate exists as a program is truck drivers really don't like AEB and they really don't like driver-facing cameras. By the way, they love road-facing cameras. Yeah. So this program is designed to educate truck drivers. Truck drivers don't understand AEB. They think it takes over, you know, it's the boss in the truck, and, you know, you can always be in charge of AEB. So AEB and, and driver-facing cameras and road-facing cameras, those, I think, are the low-hanging fruit. One stops crashes no matter who's responsible, uh, and cameras can be used to basically prove that I wasn't responsible. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Are you thinking also... Uh, is there a benefit to having, you know, real time or is it more recorded and then we review it after the fact? Yeah, it's a great question. So we just released a report this year looking at um, the role of both road facing and driver facing cameras. And I, I will tell you, driver facing cameras are the second most preferred technology by truck drivers. Uh, road facing cameras are the second most preferred driver facing are the second least preferred. And it's only because the mm-hmm. trucking companies are not using them correctly and appropriately. So you, the the twenty four seven always on is a problem for drivers, particularly women drivers. They're not comfortable with being stopped at a, a truck stop, and I'm in the back sleeper berth, and the camera's on. Somebody's watching me. So mm-hmm. in our report, we've uh, identified very specific roles and strategies for how to use these, and then I think the driver acceptance will will follow. Okay. Now I'm wondering if there's also like a training component or like a communication aspect of, of that as well. There, there absolutely is. With a lot of technologies, the drivers don't fully understand them. So education and awareness is key. We did discover, particularly with driver-facing cameras, that the greater their exposure and familiarity, the greater their comfort is. So believe it or not, the first thing you do is make sure every vehicle in the trucking company has 
these devices installed, including the cars, so that everyone is being treated equally, number one. Number two, start them with younger drivers who are much more accepting of technology than older drivers. And number three, start them with the drivers who need them. If you have drivers who are marginal, have some dings on their motor vehicle record, start them with those folks as justification and then slowly expand you know, adoption and installation. Those tools all, or I should say approaches, all increase acceptance by truck drivers. Understood. Cool. I, I have one more question for you that uh, I was curious if you've seen any of this in your research was with the increase in or the prevalence of fully autonomous vehicles, especially kind of experimenting in the in the trucking industry. Have you seen any research done on that? Or I'm just curious what your thoughts are. Well, no, if, if you're talking autonomous uh, trucks, we've done a lot of research. In fact, in the Guinness Book World Record, there was a Colorado beer run, as it was named. Um, a 18-wheeler got to level four uh, on, on the freeway, moving 51,000 cans of Budweiser beer uh, back in 2016. It's in the Guinness Book World Records because this driver got on the freeway, got in the back where the sleeper berth is, sat there for 126 miles, three hours. I was one of the independent observers, super cool. It went all the way down the road, making all of its own decisions. Bottom line is we're not gonna see that for many, many years. We need to focus on level two and three, which is a, a, a category that says active safety systems, but the truck driver's still in charge. We have a driver shortage issue. People think you know a, a, a driverless truck is gonna be the solution. There are so many things a truck driver needs to do that have nothing to do with holding onto the steering wheel. So I don't foresee for maybe nearly a decade a truly driverless truck operating in the United States, at least. Okay, understood. Very cool. So if you, I know we covered a lot of ground, taught a lot of different things today. If you had one takeaway for our automotive audience listening based on your research, whether they're from fleet operators, tier ones, OEMs, what would you like to tell them? I would just say, and this, you know, self-servingly comes from a researcher, mine your data. You need to find out causes of, of incidents, causes of crashes. You need to find out if they're vehicle-based, human-based. Uh, and then once you mine your data, it's going to be very, very apparent what the blueprint is for what tools, what resources, what strategies you apply. And it's very strategic in reducing crashes because, it's again, crashes are not random. And they're not commonplace. So you have to be strategic, mine your data. Every trucking company is different. They're not all the same. They're going to have different sort of toolboxes to apply when it comes to safety. Mm -hmm. Awesome. And for our listeners, can you let us know where they can go to learn more? Or do you have any other call to action for them? Oh, yeah, that's awesome. Um, <laughs> first of all, all of Atri's research is published free of charge right on our website. If you come to Trucking Research org or truckingresearch.com. Uh, you can peruse dozens and dozens of reports on every conceivable topic. You can also put your name into our contact database and we'll push the research out to you um, automatically when it's published. So truckingresearch.org is our website. Love to see you there. Perfect. I'll drop that in the show notes so people can can click on that to to read more. And looking towards the future, can you tease out if there's any upcoming research or events or any other exciting developments or predictions you might have in the space? Well, uh, active sa safety systems, which are permeating cars left and right, are going to move, I think, very quickly into the trucking industry, mostly, aside from reducing crashes, mostly to protect us 
from nuclear verdicts, lawsuits, which are increasing dramatically. Uh, so there's a dual benefit, reduce crashes and save money. Insurance costs are skyrocketing. Every crash raises your insurance rate premiums. So active safety systems are the future. And keep an eye on the new Accelerate program, because over the next four years, you're going to learn a lot about active safety systems and trucking. Very cool. Awesome. So one last uh, fun question we ask all of our, our guests. If your car could do anything in the future to make your life a little easier, what would it be? Super simple. I want my car to fly. Fly. Oh. Uh, if you course. look at if you look at Popular Science <laughs> magazines in the 50s, we were going to have flying cars in the 70s, 80s, and 90s. They're not there today. Now I fear it could move safety from roads to air, but I still want my car to fly. Yeah. Uh, who wouldn't? That sounds great. No more traffic. Although I guess probably a different kind of traffic pattern. We'll be, <laughs> we'll be com- yeah. We'll be competing with uh, SpaceX. Yes, definitely. Well, awesome. Thank you so much. That's all I have for you today. Uh, again, thank you for your time. And it was such a pleasure speaking with you. Yeah, Ashley, it was nice meeting you. And, and uh, I look forward to connecting with you again in the future. It was fascinating speaking with Dan on these topics surrounding fleet safety. His expertise and research really brings to light different elements I wouldn't consider when it comes to trucker safety, from female truck driver concerns with cameras to his really encouraging companies to mine their systems data to see what they can learn from it. Hope you enjoyed today's episode. Don't forget to subscribe to the Human Centric AI podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts for new episodes. We're also on social media, so please reach out to us on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Instagram to share any feedback you have on the show and weigh in on the discussion using hashtag humancentricaipodcast. Don't forget to rate us and comment with your feedback to help make the podcast more discoverable for others. Until next time, thanks for listening.